Hello, beautiful human. Thanks for letting us into your ears today. Please subscribe to our podcast, I beg you, and share it with those you care about. We're about to catch up with Demi Lovato about a lot of life, and we're going to discuss her brand new album, Dancing with the Devil, The Art of Starting Over. So yeah, are you ready? Here we go. Hello, beautiful human. My name is Zach. Uh, we got Dan here, and we welcome, really in the the most official capacity you've ever done the show, is this right here, Demi yeah. Lovato, kind of on our couch, an honor. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Do you ever get used to releasing an album after releasing so many over the years? I feel like it's, I, I'm not as nervous as like I used to be. I used to get really nervous. But I think um, now it's just about getting the music out there, and that's what I'm excited about. So um, I'm not nervous anymore, but I feel equally as excited. What do you think has changed? Like, it, 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 is it the fact that you have more control over your music today than you've ever had before, that you can tell your story in ways that you maybe haven't been able to through lyrics? Like, But as I think back to all of your songs, like, You've had some incredible records, like, I mean, some really meaningful songs throughout your history. So Thank you. what makes this era different than the ones before? Um, I've obviously been through a lot over the past few years, things that I've never been through before. So, um, you know, talking about that on the album is uh, important. And so that's new. But um, yeah, I just felt like. I've never known myself as well as I do today. So um, I feel like being able to really like put my music out in front of the world and say, this is who I am. Um, I've never been able to do that before. Like I've never had my finger on, on my pulse of like, of me as an artist as well as I do today. Do you only have a good grip on who you are as an artist because you have a better grip on who you are as a person? Yes, absolutely. Are the two the same, right? Like your your art imitates your life. Is that correct? And it's very very relevant and obvious in the album. Um, I think that like it goes both ways. I think that life can imitate art and art can imitate life. Um, it just is like sometimes I get inspired by like a, a lyric or a topic um, that I don't really relate to in the moment. And then my life applies to it six months later. And so it's, it kind of goes hand in hand, but it just depends. What's been the hardest part about starting over? You know, the hardest thing about starting over is that when you are in my position, you don't really get to start over until the next round of interviews or whatever. Like, I, I'm, and the thing is, is like, I'm, I have started over, but I'm still talking about all of these subjects that, you know, I wrote about or I talked about in the documentary. And so I think once everything comes out, then I'll feel like I can move on. Um, so I'm excited for that. Yeah. It's really interesting because you, you have been in the process of starting over, but you're now sharing it. So it's not, you know, you haven't, uh, you, you haven't reached the, the final part yet, but is music a part of that healing? Is music, this album in specific, a part of that process? Definitely. I think that my album has been so cathartic um, for, for my, for, and a therapeutic for, for my journey. You know, I've, I've done a lot of 
going in and, and looking at um, what lessons I could learn and from everything that I've been through. Why do you choose a documentary in addition to music as a method to share your story? Because if if anybody with ears listens to one of your records a couple times, you really, I mean this with the most respect, like I feel like you really get to know you from listening to your music. Like your story exists in the lyrics and in the production and in all layers of the songs you have on this body of work. But why was a documentary necessary? Um, because it, it's not like I can put in a song the medical repercussions of what had happened. You know, um, talking about how I ended up where I did was really important to me. Um, I didn't want to only release an album because there's so much more of my story to be told um, that I can't just do it in 19 songs on an album, you know? So. Um, I wanted that extra outlet to be able to elaborate more, but I also didn't want to just give my story away in an interview um, to a magazine or even a TV sit down or whatever, you know, I wanted to be able to really share it. And, and I wanted everyone to know that the story was coming from the most direct source that it possibly could you know it wasn't coming from a magazine publication that asked me questions but different answers get in the article you know i had a little more control over this but in a um still in a very liberating and empowering way full control of the edit full control of your story as it is your story and that's the way it should be and I mean, you, you have to feel like you have full control over this music, right? Like, do you feel like you're in the trenches more on the music than you've ever been? I mean, I've always had control over my music. It's not that I never had control over my music. Even when I was with Disney Channel, although a common misconception is that I didn't have a say in, in what I sang. I always did. Otherwise, um, I, I just think that maybe I was misdirected at times. And, um, you know... I, that's pretty common for yeah. someone that doesn't really know who they are as a person to be misdirected as an artist. So let's talk about the Ariana Grande record, Met Him Last Night. What is it like bringing that this song in particular to life? And I mean, I mean, even cutting those vocals in the studio. What is the energy like bef- before you come in and when you start writing these lyrics? Um, so I didn't actually write that song. That song was written by Ariana and she brought it to me and was super excited to play it for me. And when I heard it, I fell in love with it and I knew I wanted to record it. And, um, and, and I, I even said like, Hey, do you like, you should stick on this track. Like you should stay on it. You sound amazing. She was like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, totally. Like we've wanted to sing together for forever. So um, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty awesome to be able to have this story where not just another female pop star, um, but, but someone who is a really good friend of mine has collaborated on this album and, and helped me share my story in a way that um, is, is super meaningful to me. And I'll never forget this. Incredible record. Uh, another, collab- another collaboration on this album is Easy featuring Noah Cyrus. 
Mm-hmm. How does that song start? How does it come to be? So actually that song, um, that song came about with um, the producer. His name is Matthew Coma. And um, he's so talented, so dope. I expressed that I was like, I just think you're so talented. And he was like, we should work together. And I was like, absolutely. Um, and it kind of just snowballed from there. Um, he sent me the song Easy. And the second I heard it, I was like, wow, Noah would sound incredible on it. I was like, I just hear her voice for some reason. And and um, so, yeah, we ended up recording it together. And it's another collaboration that I'm really, really excited about. Beautiful song and something really special about the two of your voices combined uh, on that record. I mean, it's uh, Thank you. I-, I couldn't stop listening to it. Um Thanks. Another really creative song is My Girlfriends Are My Boyfriends. So, like, Chef's Kiss. I I kept thinking to myself, like, why did it take so long for a song like this to exist? Because it's like, it is so true. It is so, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, Can you tell me the story behind it? Yeah, um, Girlfriends Are My Boyfriend. Um, That song was brought to me by Oak, my producer. Um... We've done a lot of songs together, including Sorry Not Sorry and I Love Me. And so I knew that I wanted to work with him again. And um, he sent this song and I obviously fell in love with it and um, and got Sweetie on it. So that's pretty exciting too. What story are you telling top to bottom with this album? Is it your story or is it something else? Yeah, it's my story. Um from the first song to the last. the last song on the album, it kind of takes you in an order of like, this is how this is- issue led into this revelation and this revelation led into this lesson that I had to learn. And it's just good connecting the dots. Do you write scattered and then organize or do you write in order and then it, like, do you understand? Um, no, it, it definitely, I didn't write in order. Um, I just, I like came to the studio with concepts and ideas. And then, um, over time I just knocked one out. And then once I had about 30 songs, um, I went through the track listing with management and decided that, um, We thought it would be a good idea to do it chronologically. Hey, beautiful human. I got to hit pause real quick to talk to those out there who drive a vehicle that require gas. If you want to get paid for filling up, now is your chance. Get Upside. It is the free app that will give you 25 cents back cash for every gallon of gas you put in your car. This is not a joke. Nearly 3 million people have gotten cash back using Get Upside. So why wouldn't you go to the App Store or Google Play and download this app today? It's free to download, free to use, and you get cash back. 25 cents for every gallon of gas you fill up. And they work with all the major gas retailers. So, like, why wouldn't you do this? And if you use my last name, Sang, as a promo code, you'll actually get a 25-cent bonus on your first filled tank using GetUpside. So that will be 50 cents cash back for one gallon of gas. Oh, and it's super easy to cash out. You can cash out via PayPal, or you can get gift cards to Amazon and other major brands. So, like, again, 
Why wouldn't you do this? You'll get 25 cents back cash for every gallon of gas you put in your car. And if you use the promo code SANG, you'll get a 25 cent bonus. So go and get upside. Are you going into the studio after these events are happening to you? Or do you have to wait for the event to simmer down, digest it, and then go? Um, Every scenario is different. You know, if somebody dies, um, I probably don't go into the studio right away. <laughs> probably wait a day or so. Um, but, you know, Mad World um, was a song on the album that I recorded actually the day of the insurrection. And um, I had shown one of my producers, Mitch, uh, the original song by Gary Jules. And I, I, I loved that song so much that I told him I wanted to cover it. And he had just like, we were recording this song called Butterfly, the day of the insurrection. And then on a break, he was like, oh, I want to play you this, this track that I made. Um, to Mad World, I think you'll really like it. So he played it and I was like, there's literally people still at the Capitol. We have to record this today. And cause our minds were just blown about what was going on. And so I recorded that um, the day of the insurrection, there were still people there. Um, and that's kind of a, a, a piece of history um on my album you know is 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 pretty cool because i can always hear that song and and think wow when i recorded this there were actually people still at the capitol history was being made but a, a strangely fitting song for that moment like almost like freaky and spooky kind of right right you know it i think that's why i had the urge to cover that song um was because so much weird stuff had happened and, and the world, you know, it hit the fan um, in 2020. And I, I kept thinking, like, I was listening to some of my favorite songs of all time with some of my closest friends one night. And we're just sitting there listening to music and we played that song. And I remember thinking, like, can't believe nobody has covered this yet after everything that's happened this year. Um, but I love, I love covering songs. So I was like, I'll do it. And he made the, the track and then I did. You know, sometimes there's moments in history where a new song just doesn't capture the moment in a way a timeless record just happens to, you know? Yes. Yes. Totally. Totally. And, and, and the truth is like, for all we know, there's a record on this album that we're talking about right now that years later will apply to something that never yeah. had that intention. Yeah, totally. Maybe there's a giant swarm of butterflies that takes over LA and New York. And then all of a sudden, Butterfly becomes a hit song. Hey, hey, that would be a real blessing. Um, I mean, I mean unless... Telling. Unless words of butterflies are a bad thing. I guess they could be. You know, too much of a bad... Anything is a bad thing, right? Yeah, that's true. So, I don't know. I'm a butterfly fiend. So I love butterflies. Have they been in your life forever? Or do you remember a moment when they've, like, like had a real impact? I think... For some reason, I always... I loved monarch butterflies as a kid. The big Growing up in Texas... Ones. 
the big, beautiful orange ones, they always migrated through Texas. Um, so I always, around springtime, I'd be like, or whenever they were migrating, I'd be like, oh my gosh, the monarchs are back. And so I always like loved them, but I didn't really understand why. And then last year on Father's Day, um, in my documentary, I talk about my dad's death and how impactful it was on my life. Um, and I also talk about why every Father's Day is really difficult for me because the details surrounding his death were very heavy and emotional. And last year on Father's Day, I went outside. I'd also just lost my grandfather. And um, I saw two butterflies just like flying in the backyard at my family's place. And something in something, I just knew that it was, um, I knew that it was them, yeah. you know, and so and and they were they were orange. I don't remember if they were monarch butterflies, but it was a profound moment, and it was very healing for me. I think seeing my dad there, um, in butterfly form, you know, it was just like he was finally as graceful as he was always meant to be, but could never be because of his demons. That gives me goosebumps, and that is a, that's a healing moment. That's for yeah, him too. Totally. I want to shift gears here to uh, a song that I, 15 minutes. Why is this song vital? I like the, did you like cl like uh, clack seashells together at a certain point in the record? There's like this production that happens and it sounded like two seashells hitting each other. It was very much beachy. I wouldn't put it past my producers <laughs> to have pulled some like really awesome personal like that because there was even like an interview that I had earlier where they were talking about like the juxtaposition between referencing the devil and having ch church organs in my songs. Mm. And I was like, I didn't even really totally realize that um, on Madam last night. So I have to go back and listen to it. But, um, but yeah, it was just, uh, they are, I have the team that created this album with me is so incredible and so talented that like I wouldn't put it past them to have actually added seashells like in the track. <laughs> They're that they think ahead like that. And um look, all I'll say is that there's always reasons for seasons in your life. Yeah. And there's always lessons to be learned and there's, and in order to learn those lessons, we have to sometimes encounter new teachers who, um, you know, are, are put in our lives for, for the reason of that season. And, and we learn our lesson and we move on. And, and if it happens to, if a hit song comes out of it, great. If it doesn't great. I still learned my lesson. Well, that's so, it. You've yeah. learned. And what do you learn from that, from that season? What do you take away that you carry with you? I think that I had a certain idea of what stability looked like to myself and to the rest of the world. And I think that 
stability actually for me looks like being independent and um, in a healthy relationship with myself. You know, that's what yeah. that lesson, that that season taught me is that just because we are taught by society that we should end up in a marriage or in a relationship or whatever, like I'm actually living with one of my best friends now and we're having the best time, like better than any time that I've ever lived with a partner because it's just like, and I think that's what I want my life to look like, at least for the next couple of years is like living with my friends and having a blast and not feeling pressured to um, deal with relationship drama because I'm at a certain age, yeah. you know? Because society tells you to, because society yes. has put a time limit on it. And not only have yeah. they put a time limit on it, they put like, they, they put a mold of who you should be with and the type of person you should yes. be All this horse hockey bull squash. <laughs> but we've fallen victim to it. I mean, me myself. Yeah, I, look, even we fall victim to it because of shows like The Bachelor, you know, things like that that we seem that are seemingly harmless are actually just shoving those gender and sexuality norms and ideals on us. And it's like, I, I just don't really feel like subscribing to what other people think my life should be anymore. And so I'm not, and I just do what makes me happy. And if that's sitting outside feeding my squirrels for an hour, then I do that. You deserve <laughs> you know? that. Thank you. I think so too. Uh, by the way, this, this is a part of starting over, right? This is a whole new outlook. This is a new life perspective because yeah. This this is not this is not like tiny changes. It's about a bunch of tiny changes that equal to one big change. Yes. And uh, thank you for sharing it in the album. Um, that's pretty amazing. And also thank you for just sharing your true self because even coming out as pansexual, you have brought great awareness and great education to what it means to be pansexual. Because I think a lot of people, it's like, you're either straight, you're either gay, you're either bi, or if you're pan, ah, no way, you're, you're bi. Like, they you like trans? Like, I'm so sick of that one. I'm so sick of that one. <laughs> people don't get it, but they don't get it until they have to get it or are forced to just right. be aware of it by living everyday life, right? Yeah. So, I, I think the best way to describe my sexuality is in my song, The Kind of Lover I Am. You know, it's like that song to me fully encompasses um, exactly what the title says. It's, it's the kind of lover that I am. And if anyone ever has questions regarding my sexuality, I'm literally just going to like point them to that song and be like, if you have questions, just, just listen to it. <laughs> I may start doing the same. Yeah, yeah, you gotta write a song. <laughs> in, 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 you in one of the one of the lyrics is like you literally say like it's anybody, not anybody, like boy, girl, like you you mention genders and it's literally anybody. That's that's a song, yeah, right? There's, a, there's an ad lib in the song yes. that says, uh, "Or you could be anything in between." Yeah, um, and that was like it was so important for me to ad lib that lyric because even though it's not repeated throughout the entire song, it's like. It's just, it's cool. It's like, I've never had a lyric that fully encompasses 
my sexuality like that. But the closest I ever came was cool for the summer. And in that, I was still like closeted and not out yet. So for me to like really own my sexuality, um, it's just the beginning of of much more free and happy life. Do you believe it starts there? Because, I, you know, I, I, there's a debate that always happens is like, uh, you know, you can't live this free and happy life until you accept who you truly are and your sexuality and you, 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 you scream it from the mountaintops. You know, you can't achieve this peace without There's it. a difference in accepting and knowing, right? I don't know what my sexuality is going to be 10 years from now. I know what it is today and I can like say I accept what it is today, right? I think the difference between knowing and accepting is is two different things. As long as you set out to always be able to accept yourself um, for who you are, like it doesn't matter what sexuality you'll you'll identify with in 10 years or 10 days from now, like that might change. But if you are, if you can accept yourself for whatever sexuality you are today, like, I think that's, it, it might not be the, um, it, I, I think it's helpful. Yeah. I don't, I don't see how it can be possible to live a free and, and happier life if you don't accept yourself but it, I'm not, who's to say I'm not wrong, you know, like people may have done that in the past. I just know for me personally, I've had to accept myself fully before I ever share, um, before I ever felt like fulfilled and happy. I very much yeah. understand that. By the yeah. way, the the link to the album is in the description below. You must listen. Phenomenal body of work. Really, Thank 19 you. songs. What do you learn from the creation of this thing? I don't know because, like, I've learned so much. I don't know where to begin. Like, what I learned that I don't ever want to force myself into a certain genre of music. You know, this this album has so many different genres on it. And when somebody says, oh, what can we expect from this album? Which is like the most <laughs> redundant question. <laughs> it's like music, I don't know. Like, this sounds different track to track, hopefully. <laughs> no, um, But it's still like, like you, that's what you want, right? And that's all I know how to explain to people. It's like in the past, my answer would have been, oh, it's a little more R&B. It's a little more this or this. It's like, no, it's just what you can expect from the album is me. Um, best like identifying with myself as an artist, you know, more so than I ever have in my life before. And to just keep working, to keep writing, to, to never stop because um, who knows? This might not be the only music project I released this year. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, is there a song of yours that you want to live forever? Like when we're gone and our kids, 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 kids are still around. What song of Demi Lovato's should they hear on the radio or whatever the music cloud or something, whatever it will be there. I think that 
the kind of lover I am is extremely important, but also California Sober is extremely important because that song represents um, an alternate path to the recovery that I've been taught my entire, the past 10 years of, of dealing with um, this stuff. So it just is like, it's not saying that this works for everybody, but it's saying that there's, that, that, that other solution isn't a one size fits all solution. And there's options. And it's just about like identifying what works best for you and going forward with that. In the documentary, and you have opened up about how you've had a vision, you've had a complication with your vision. Will that affect mm -hmm. touring in the future or how you perform live? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, I, you know, I haven't. Um, originally, when I first started playing piano, and guitar again, it affected my vision a lot because I couldn't um, see where I was putting my fingers. But any real piano player knows you're not supposed to look at your hands anyways. So it's just like helped me become a better player, I guess. Wow, okay. <laughs> it's like, and, and, and I'm really, really hoping that we have like a safe, like clumsy free stage. You know what I'm saying? Like I just, I don't need any surprises. I don't need stairs. Um, it's, I think we'll manage. I think it'll be okay. Um, but yeah, I might not be like dancing in high heels anymore, <laughs> but I probably, I don't want to do that anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I rather just hear you sing. Your voice is magnificent <laughs> and it's enough of a show and there's Thank no you. need for, I mean, if you want to do other effects, like go for it, but like your voice is. <laughs> Yeah, more than enough and incredibly captivating. And Damon Lovato, I say thank you for giving thank us time you. and energy. So and good to see you. Yeah, it really was a, a pleasure. And this is the most legitimate you've done the show. And hopefully the next time it's in person and on our Yes, couch. it has to be in person next time. We'd uh, love that very much. Thank you for your time, Demi. Thank you, guys. Bye. Hey, beautiful human, thanks for listening to our conversation with Demi Lovato. I beg, share this podcast with those you care about and subscribe. And please let us know who you're listening to so we know who we should invite on our show next. At Zach Sang Show, on any form of social media, please be safe if you can hug your family and don't go to jail. Have an amazing day. Talk soon.